This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Welcome back in. This is the Blitz 1170. My name is Jeremy Poplin. Deanna Made is with you. Matt Hubbard is alongside as well. It was a night for the 10 seeds last night, and we should start all of our NBA coverage right now with hitting up the hotline and welcoming in, welcoming in Jacob Niffen. You might know him from the Uncontested Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Pods Network. What's up, Jacob? Thank you, man. I know you're busy today, but I can't thank you enough for taking a few moments to come on with us here in Tulsa. Hey, after a game like that one last night, I can make some time. Yes, indeed. Uh, It was a rather joyous occasion on your podcast last night, uh, and rightfully so. Uh, Where do we even begin with this game? Because I think there's so many telling points that happened last night. I feel like let's just start in general with something incredibly basic. For a team that is as young as what Oklahoma City is, you look at the end of the night and on the box score, they only have seven turnovers on the night. And to be in an environment like this for the first time against a team that has played them physical, I mean, it's been a fist fight the last couple of times or, or throughout the entire ser- series this year. For them to only have seven turnovers, I thought was in, incredibly impressive for that team going on the road. Yeah, the the thing that I keep going back to is, is the word poise. Yeah. You know, seven turnovers. Josh Giddy played 42 minutes nine assists, only two turnovers in the entire game when you consider how often he was handling the ball. Um, Down the stretch of the game, they go eight of eight from the free throw line when the game is in the balance to really lock it up and secure the win. This is a team that plays well beyond the years. I mean, they started two rookies and a second-year guy last night and still only the seven turnovers. Like it's, They really take after their head coach, who's also – the second youngest head coach in the league. The whole team is young. The whole franchise is young. And for them to have that poise, that situational awareness, and to be able to go into an environment like that and play relatively mistake-free basketball, share the basketball, not panic when they get down, um, just a really, really impressive performance. But it's kind of what we've grown to expect from this team this year. They play well beyond their years, and it just makes you so excited for Friday night, possible playoff series and heck the next decade of thunder basketball you mentioned their coach uh if you could give mark a grade from last night and here's the funny thing about this with it being his first experience with this as well we know about him from a development standpoint we didn't really have any answers to any questions in an environment like this and in a setting like this from all and i thought what he did right with finally being able to figure out and crack the code a little bit with getting sga uh going there in the third quarter i i thought it was uh, a really impressive performance last night from the bench yeah I thought Mark did awesome his rotations I thought were spot on Uh, he really trusted his guys early on I thought that Jalen Williams Jay Will out of Arkansas really struggled with the size and the physicality of Jonas Valanciunas I wondered if he was even going to be able to play but Mark trusted him for the to, to understand the game get used to the physicality I thought he was huge coming down the stretch They threw Lindy Waters in for about five minutes, basically as just a barometer. Is he on tonight? And they found out pretty quickly he was not on, and so he went to the bench. They they ran their starters for, you know, most of them for 40-plus minutes, which I think is the three best players on your team. You've got to give them that time. But some of the little wrinkles, you mentioned getting Shea loose in the third quarter. Even the national broadcast, Jeff Van Gundy, down the stretch of the fourth, kept saying things like, 
the Thunder need to stop screaming for Shea because whenever the Thunder would set a screen, the Pelicans would double Shea because the screener is bringing an extra defender. I don't know if this is accurate, but I feel like they probably did that by design because they had Josh Giddy screen for Shea pretty frequently. So when that double came, Josh Giddy is the outlet. And when you get Josh Giddy in a four-on-three situation at the free throw line, I mean, he'll pick you apart, and that's exactly what he did last night. I feel like Mark almost used New Orleans' aggressive defense to his advantage, set Shea out on the island, let him get doubled, and then allow those other guys to make plays. And boy, oh boy, did those other guys, especially Dort and Josh Giddy, make those plays. You know, you mentioned the minutes there. Um, I was a little bit just curious going into the game last night what that was going to look like, knowing full well who's going to get the lion's share of that. Uh, you mentioned Lindy Waters there with the five minutes, but this did not look like, and I think you probably got to tip your cap to the Mavericks for allowing them five days of, of rest. But I, the only concern I had in, in terms of minutes was this looked like a team that was worn down and fatigued as they were coming down the home stretch, uh, especially in that Utah game. I mean, we had questions about SGA, uh, about uh, uh, several people on there, and they looked incredibly refreshed last night. And I just got to say thank you to the Mavs for allowing us the opportunity to have that happen. Yeah, definitely. That, those, I think it was six days off played massive dividends, not having to play Sunday. I do know they got after it pretty physically in practice Monday and Tuesday uh, just to kind of get their wind back with them. But, yeah, you go back to that Jazz game. There were times where it looked like SGA was just struggling to get up and down the court, just kind of beat. And so getting that time off was huge. Now they have a quick turnaround. They got on a flight last night and went straight to Minnesota, probably just a light walkthrough and some strategy talk today, not really a physical practice because they're back at it tomorrow night. So it'll be interesting to see those guys that played those heavy minutes. I mean, Lou Dort did enough cardio last night to kill a man, and he's got to <laughs> go back out and do it tomorrow. So we'll see how much those minutes play a role in tomorrow's game against a pretty big and physical Minnesota team. We're talking to Jacob Niffin from the Uncontested Podcast. Jacob, what in your opinion, I mean, there was a lot of moments in this game that were, you know, very exciting to see, but what was the moment in the game to you? Oh, man, there's so many you can go back to. Um, obviously, the Shea, some people call it like a, a floater or runner, that little step back with like 30 seconds to go that ultimately sealed the game for the Thunder. Like, that sticks out. A guy that had struggled, I don't want to say struggled, but out of his element in the first half, got going in the second half, to hit that shot over Herb uh, was huge. This sounds a little crazy, but when Josh Giddy took that forearm below the belt and got up and went and wanted to rip off Edmund Santa Fe's Josh Richardson's head, to me, that was just, I mean, Josh Giddy is 20 years old. This man can't buy a beer until next basketball season. And he's, he's just got that dog in him. I thought to be for his first time in that type of situation, to do what he did, to not take anything from anybody and be ready to fight, that to me was just like this moment of Josh is built for this and the Thunder have this guy at a, as a 20-year-old, controllable contract in two years. Like they're building something special and especially when you got guys that aren't going to shy away from that moment. And for me, that moment where Josh got up and was ready to go at Josh Richardson was just that moment of like, okay, he's about this life. He's ready for it. We got a dog on this team. You know, Giddy and Dort, um, 
I, yeah, it's it's hard to even find words to explain what they were able to do, especially in the first half, right? SGA was struggling. I thought I thought he actually did a pretty good job of not trying to force things, SGA, and, and really relied on his teammates. Uh, but then Dort, you know, get the first eight points, and then the, the physical toll that, you know, the responsibility of having Ingram, how he played throughout the entire course, you know, fighting over things, beating Brandon Ingram to, to certain spots on the floor, uh, allowing his physical presence, and then chipping in on the offensive end as well. And my goodness, down the stretch, hitting those free throws, right? And it was Brandon Ingram that actually came up short on what was a one or two there down the stretch, but Dort even hitting free throws. I mean, that was kind of like the total package last night for me uh, in watching Lou uh, and, and did it right, Jacob, when they needed it the most, especially in the first half. Exactly. Yeah. The, the team came out a little slow, a little overwhelmed by new Orleans length to start that game. And Lou Dort had the foot on the gas from the word go. I mean, having eight of the first 10, relentless attacks to the basket, found the three-point stroke early. It felt like game seven in the bubble, Lou Dort, where he went for 30 against the Rockets and put the clamps on James Harden. Lou gets up for these types of games. Coach Mark has said it time and time again that he is, you know, the most competitive guy on the team. He just, he locks in. And make no mistake about it, Lou has struggled offensively this year. The efficiency is down, especially post-All-Star break and on the road, and for him to come out and give out that type of performance and that level of a game, um, I mean, just phenomenal. He nearly got decapitated from a Brandon Ingram elbow. <laughs> he didn't come back in for a while after that. I was, I was really worried he had a concussion or something like that. Came back in, and that final possession, um, so Shea hits that runner, and then everybody in the building, everybody watching the TV, knew that that next play, with about 28 seconds left on the clock, was going to be a Brandon Ingram isolation, let him get to his spot and pull up for that jumper. And, I mean, Lou fought him like hell, got him off his spot, made him give up the ball, get it back. Just the, the physical nature he plays with, he's giving up like five or six inches to Brandon Ingram and to still just fight like that. Incredibly impressive stuff. Lou had one of the best games of his career. You can't really rely on him to score 27 again Friday night, <laughs> but you also expect Shea to have a much better first half Friday night, and so that will trade off a little bit. But, yeah, when they needed him the most, Lou Dort showed up on both ends of the court, and the clutch free throws at the end are just the, the cherry on top. To, to go to the line, everybody is cheering for you to miss and to drain those two. Uh, just massive. Speaking of Friday night, with the youth of this team, and one of the things about youth is sometimes they can play a little incon- inconsistent. Does it make you nervous for what ha- what they have up ahead? It's a great question. The inconsistency of the youth doesn't worry me a whole bunch because we've seen them be inconsistent in like single games from quarter to quarter. But the thing about this team, you ask any of the players, you ask any of the coaching staff, they, t- they preach playing together and playing a full 48. Uh, over at the Young Contester, we call them the Goonies because they never say die. Even when they get way down, they fight back, they find a way. The inconsistency could be a problem, but the fight is going to be there. The will, the want to is going to be there. Sometimes the execution might not be pristine, but you'll never be able to doubt the heart and the physicality of this team. And I think that is what they have a chance to carry out tomorrow night. The game looks um, quite a bit different now 
with the Jaden Daniels situation, doesn't it? I mean, that is rolling. They're, they're a mess anyway, right, with everything else that's gone on. But then because he decided he wanted to punch something hard, uh, now has broke basically a broken hand, it changes the dynamic at least of that game to me on Friday night. Oh, definitely. First off, someone needs to tell Jaden McDaniels, never fight a wall because the wall always wins. Uh, <laughs> unless you're Lou Dort. Lou Dort might beat the wall. Um, but, yeah, Jaden McDaniels – will probably end up on an all-defensive team this year. He's phenomenal. His length, his aggressiveness, he is the one guy they have that could really slow down Shea. With him out, you're probably looking at somebody like Tarian Prince or Anthony Edwards guarding Shea Gojus-Alexander tomorrow night. I mean, if you told me Shea has a 40-point game tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be so much different from going up from Herb. For Shea, it's got to feel like finally breaking the surface of the water and getting a big old breath of fresh air. I I think he's going to perform magnificently tomorrow. The other side of the coin is, will the Wolves have Rudy Gobert back? The Mm. Thunder notoriously play small. They don't really have any bigs on the team now that Chet Holmgren's been injured all year. Jay Will has done, you know, yeoman's work, but isn't the biggest dude on the court. He's 6'9", 6'10", on a good day. The Wolves love to run their two bigs. And so that, I think, is going to be the most interesting part of this game is you have two different styles of basketball, one team that runs a very big lineup and one team that runs a very small lineup. And who can force the other side's hand to match them, I think, is going to be the thing to watch Friday night. Jacob, good stuff. Thank you, by the way, for correcting me. I, I forgot to throw the mick in front of Daniels. I was thinking of <laughs> LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels. Football still in there the brain, and it's a very tough one to break three. Hey, man, great stuff on the podcast. Thank you so much. I know you're busy today for coming on with us uh, here in Tulsa. We'll definitely be in touch again soon. Uh, if that's cool with you, I'd love to hear your uh, continued breakdowns of this, and we'll be all be watching on Friday night and waiting on the uh, latest version of your podcast to come out. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you. Uh, That is Jacob Niffin joining us here on the Blitz 1170 from the Uncontested podcast, part of the Blue Wire Pods Network. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.